welcome back to the front-end coffee break. This is episode 25, quarter of a century, right? Um, Chucho, why are you laughing? <laughs> well, yeah, quarter of a hundred. But <laughs> <laughs> quarter of a hundred, correct. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Ricardo Torres, and with me already here, Chucho Castaneda. How are you? What are you Hi. sipping today? Oh, today I'm still with, uh, although I have been uh, drinking regular coffee in the last couple of days, today I'm back on decaf after the first cup, so decaf. Decaf, excellent. Uh, with us all the way to Berlin, Dragan Filipovic, how are you? Hi, thanks for inviting me again. Uh, yeah, I'm Dragan Filipovic, senior engineer from the Tendrick, not so elected by hosts here, more <laughs> what's going on now, what to say next. But I think it's the first time we invite you to the external front-end coffee break, correct? Yeah, but for me, it's the same whenever I can. So. Yeah, you run, but this but... goes to everywhere, you know, it's YouTube, Spotify, all the places where you can get your podcast. So, so get ready. You will get uh, fans' <laughs> letters, love <laughs> letters, hate letters. Um, don't mention TypeScript and you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, the rest. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, then thank you, Dragon. Um, so today, definitely, we brought you here because we want to talk about a little bit the net-centric or content-centric uh, front-end build, a project that you started many moons ago and that now is fully open source and for everyone to use. Um, so yeah, if I was to ask you, what is the content-centric front-end build? What would you answer? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a all-in-one solution for, for all modern that fronted application. Uh, in our in our case, it's focused on AEM, but it doesn't have to be. It's written that uh, any any application can use it to uh, build all front-end stuff and uh, all the tasks related to it, uh, linters, uh, SaaS, uh, JavaScript, uh, even SG. So it's covering everything that one product can uh, require for front-end. It's it's I, I have to say that um, before joining just in in this uh, direction before joining Cognis and the Centric many many months ago as well, I the personal projects that I work with and the projects that I work with we didn't we weren't using uh, exactly a build uh, front end build we did it more or less manual work and then when I started working at the company I saw that there was a different way of doing it we had a front end build and I learned from that. And I have to say that all personal projects that I work with, I have my own mini version of a front-end build that it works very similar to what we have. I, I, I really uh, like the way that we work and the way that we do it. So I was surprised and in, in happy to see that the project uh, was open-sourced and open to the world because it's like, okay, that would be something that I would personally, or, or a, a lighter version, I would personally uh, use. So... It's nice. Yeah, but Tutu, are you referring to the old, old, old days where I remember having like a desktop application to actually minified code. I remember we didn't have anything in our projects, like in my first job, we just uploaded files to the FTP, right? But unminified, uncompressed, nothing. And then I remember that founding out that there was a desktop app that you could just drag and drop a file and it would minify it for you. But the desktop app, you know, many more ago. Well, I don't know. I, I would like to ask uh, Dragon how it was when you started working. How the the how did you work with? Uh, yeah, did you have a build? 
I, I mean, at the beginning, of course, there was nothing just jQuery. <laughs> but later on, yeah, later on, then stuff popping up, started popping up everything everywhere. Like first, uh, Grocerify and then uh, Blower, or how it's pronouncing, I don't know. So pre, pre-MPM and pre-all, pre-all that. Also, like, first, first step when I started actually building uh, front-end build tools. And, yeah. and like, wow. so to call it, yeah, like, 10 years ago. Exactly ten years ago, I, I created my first one for the previous company. It, it wow. was like everybody was like, "Oh, about this?" But it actually did just the basic stuff. Instead of writing all JavaScript inside one file, which we did previously, we just split it into multiple. So it didn't do much, just compiling uh, multiple files inside one yeah, without export import, just literally concatenating that. That's like huge, huge thing because inside by file you are lost, and and they are they're going back. There now, <laughs> uh, since uh, uh, Webpack and all the stuff became complex because of uh, we wanted these to use different stuff which were not supported in the browser. Uh, now everything is supported, so we are going back to that, that first solution where, where we just need files and maybe somehow to uh, connect them, nothing else. We don't need too much complex uh, manipulation inside the files, and we did this. So, wait a minute, you created this awesome front-end build. And now you're telling me that I don't have to use the front-end build because the browser supports import exports. Exactly. <laughs> so that's exactly, the main forward. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> we are too late. We are too late. But if we go back a little bit, um, I, I'm really interested on how this came to be and how you guys, like the process of open sourcing something like complex and make it like, you know, meeting your standards. So I guess in, like at the beginning, you guys had the front-end build for a project and then thought this should be used across... Yeah the company or how it come yeah yeah yeah. it was used in, inside one project internally then uh, since it was uh, so useful we just put it inside our internal npm uh, repo uh, so other product units still internally still still totally private uh since it's a repo and other products use it they started committing uh new updates to it but it's not it was not so easy and so straightforward so uh, we decided to open source it i think Five years ago. Okay. Really. Yeah. And so we started documenting what, what needs to be done, steps, how to open, because it was our first uh, open source plan to open source something. So we had like a lot, lot of Wikipedia, a lot of people, a lot of meetings, tasks for everyone to check. And that lasted for several years. Wow. <laughs> and in, in those several years, being stale, nothing happened after some time. And we never did it in the end. So it waited a couple of more years. Then I started working on with Adobe on some of their packages, and I saw how they work. They literally open a repo and say start. That's it. <laughs> so no, no previous meetings, hundreds of stuff. How the quality and stuff would be? Just open a repo, start committing, read the file. You have a package <laughs> doing nothing, but you have it, and then you you are updated, update exactly how we are working on the project. It's like uh, agile, so you do step by step. If you want something to be perfect, you will wait as we waited for several years and you will never finish it. So that process is long, long now. We have extra short one similar to Adobe. Just we, we prepared everything up front so you don't need to, to worry about CI, CD and how compilation and publishing to NPM is happening. But we do not need to discuss it that much. It doesn't have to be perfect. That was our main concern previously. And I think that a lot of companies are having the same problem they want to present something like hey we are presenting ourselves publicly so it needs to be everything needs to be there is no way to create something like that you will never publish 
But just yeah, but John Gordon, it's, it's very interesting what you're saying. I think not just us on the subject, but probably all yeah, the people, all the developers, they think, okay, I'm not good enough. Or, okay, my code is not meeting my standards or my quality. I cannot open sources. I cannot show these to other developers. They will laugh at me, right? Because my code yeah. is not <laughs> great. But really, I mean, just, you know, as you say, open a repo, create a readme, and just collaborate. And it's, and it's fine, right? It's fine to, to do that. Exactly. And people will help you. You're not alone anymore. Yeah, this is this is the the greatest part of the of, of open sourcing in in the sense, right? That as you say, it's like this is not good enough. It's like it's fine, put it out there, and if people find it interesting enough, they they're going to help you improve it. They're going to do I, I don't know, maybe you you don't know how to implement a certain part. I don't know animations, let's say in a project, and you can always say, well, animations you can have, and I've seen it, right? They have like uh, the to do list or how do you call it, the the work, worklog or the backlog. Yeah. Uh, that you have like things that you would like to have, like this is uh, the things that I need to add it. And people might say, hey, you know, I know animations pretty well. Let me take a look. Oh, this is an interesting project. And they can begin to 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 do the animations for you. And the community just pulls, uh, gets together and starts working into yeah. something much better. I, it wasn't there some not so long ago an issue that one of the reasons that it got solved is because the entire community of open source people got together and solved it quite quickly. I don't remember what it was. You're talking about hmm. the front-end build or something else? No, no, something <laughs> else, something else related to open source, but okay, I'll, 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 I'll think about it and, and maybe we can talk about that in a future. Uh, I mean, front-end <laughs> would never be here if we didn't have GitHub and open source project. Like, how, how can we share and learn? Like, downloading yeah. zip file from somewhere not, not going to work. So the that, that's ways. why we are so advanced now comparing to the beginning, like long time ago, because we share everything. So that would be something interesting. I mean, uh, what would you say the benefit of, 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 of uh, you know, you, you say we've advanced quite a bit, but you have experience seeing this advancement happen. What would you say the, the advantages of doing, uh, doing an internal project that you have uh, opening open making it open source so that the world can work with it it's part of the things that you do part of the work of the tools that you have yeah so it's not like just people will help you to solve something that's one part but it's not the main part uh the main part is uh, that when you are sharing your knowledge you, you feel you feel great you are more enthusiastic about it to invest in your time after working hours to fix something there or to implement you think more about it so like you're not just uh, the people who started the project but other people from the company who know about the, the topic they they want to be involved and that's something you cannot bring hey uh, i have some internal project do you want to take a look and see if you can improve it yeah i will never have time for that something is public over there so yeah maybe it's like it <laughs> But it, it's more about what motivation is, if you quite bigger than just having it internally. Yeah, no, like it's also like, for me, it's also hard to, of playing devil's advocate here, it's hard to justify working maybe on an open source project if it's like maybe non-billable or how do you justify to your account, to your departments, to your it, boss, uh, hey, uh, I have these open source projects, can I contribute? Can I spend my time? Of course, I mean, that, that's not, uh, I don't see an issue at all because we are using hundreds and hundreds of plugins, right? You just install but a lot of stuff. Someone spend time on that. If you're using that in the project for free for the client and you want to fix something on that project, which is not even in our company, somewhere outside, you should spend the time because it's project related. I mean, everything out there is project related. So it's not like I'm doing it to suck. 
we are using it. Every product is using hundreds of tabs. So we are actually we are behind. We, we own to those open source products way more than we are spending. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's a good point, right? You have to give back to the projects or the communities because otherwise we wouldn't have that, you know, MPMI webpack and definitely have this amazing package ready for you to use for free to make your project successful and make you make money, right? Yep. Yep. But we are including for free, like hundreds and thousands of hours of someone's work for free. <laughs> well, yeah, as you say, it, it, if you see it like that, it's you're doing it for free, but in the end, you're benefiting for, for hundreds and thousands of hours of other people doing it, uh, doing the same thing. I, I remember that at one point many years ago when we were, when there were a lot of libraries out there and you were trying to implement a feature, you were just looking through different projects, the people that had worked on libraries said, you had to make sure that the that it was open source or the or the license was something that you could that you could use, and then you you would be like, okay, I don't need to worry about creating a calendar. I don't need to be worried about yeah. creating this or that. jQuery itself, I don't know if it was uh, <laughs> open. It was open source, right? Or no? Yeah, yeah, I I learned, uh, I learned JavaScript like digging through jQuery source code actually. So. so that and and jQuery had like this huge impact, and I don't think anybody paid for specifically to use jQuery. And I think it powered the web uh, many years ago. It was like the JavaScript source. Yeah. And not only jQuery, the whole the whole community around it. So like, there were like thousands and thousands of plugins to how to use how to create that, that calendar or carousel or whatever. And people <laughs> worked on that uh, specifically for jQuery, so they were not standalone JavaScript library. They were jQuery libraries, and that that was actually the beginning of open source. They were they were all free. Instead of seeing the code, it's just really open source. You need to download something file and check it. But it's actually uh, it didn't have GitHub the way we share it now. But uh, the, the the main point is the same. That's how it started. Yeah. So going back a little bit to our front end build, I want to promote it more because I think we haven't done yep. justice to sell it. We need to sell it. We need more views. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so back at the beginning, you said very quickly that it's not only for AM or Adobe's CMS, right? Adobe Experience Manager. Um, how did you guys like approach um, a package that you know has Webpack, SaaS, all these uh, packages to build stuff, to compile, to bundle, but not focus it only on like AM configuration or AM setup. How do you handle that on, on, a, on a build system? So like generic, let's say. Yeah, because AM project is nothing special in the front-end world. You have source and you have destination folder when you need to put your source files. Uh, it, it's every promise is the same. So it's a general approach. AM is exactly the same, except that we have one more file with XML, which is calling client library to put all this uh, destination file, and uh, that is that is the only part inside this one to build which is AM related. Uh, how to automatically build based on source file, client library, all, all XMLs, category names, and stuff like that. But it's like five percent of the tool. Ninety-five um, percent is the standard uh, front-end stuff, FTSS, JavaScript, and other. So uh, the, the whole compilation uh, happens in any project. So it was not uh, it was not hard to cover anything outside of AM. But we have source, we define it, and we have target director. That's it. That's the only thing that you need. You need for single page application exactly the same stuff. For multi page application exactly the same stuff. So, for example, if I, I was, I was, I would say I want to do this, use the front end build, but I don't want to use AM. 
how much time yeah. do you think I would need to invest in order to to adapt it to use in my project? Well, zero. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> we have some defaults. Yeah, really, we have some defaults. Defaults, like for example, nice. source directory is called the uh, source uh, inside the, the root dir where where the package JSON is, uh, destination it is, and if you don't want to change that, and uh, source file names have some. A specific extension. If you don't want to change it, if you just follow those three simple rules, then you can put your source files in that directory, add extension which is needed, and that's it. it. It will work. Then, if you want to change source directory, you need to change source path. It's just configuration where your files are uh, located, where you want to, to compile them. And then again, if you want to use some 2029 uh, ES or whatever, then you need to add uh, additional plugins uh, uh, to, to Webpack configuration. So every part of, of build is configurable. Everything can be extended. Uh, ESLint, uh, Webpack, different. Literally, if you write your own uh, build without any, any external plugin, you need to go to the whole Webpack configuration and other configuration you need to add other plugins. We move that, all these that parts in separate files so it can easily extend it. So if you have something special, you need to extend it. But if you don't have too much special stuff, like most of the our project, they have maybe uh, just one thing to extend. Hmm. Usually, we just change the source and target, and that's it. Everything else is out of the box. So even uh, for our extra big project, we have like, uh, hundreds and thousands of, of components. We still have like five lines of configuration for our front-end build. Nice. Well, it's totally black magic. <laughs> yes. Install the package, say build, and... Say build. <laughs> yeah, yeah, extensibility is the most important part here. But if you want to cover a lot of different projects, if you want other people to use it, you don't, you cannot push your own opinions how things should work. You, you can do it to work it out of, to work like that out of the box, but you need to provide people to extend every part if they want to use SAS or not, if they want to use you know, inline uh, CSS or not. So whatever they need to decide. Out, Default is one behavior, but they can't extend everything. Default is our, our opinion how it should work, but it's just default. Everything can be extended. And nice. that's why I think everyone can use it. There is no need. Uh, because now people are focused only on, on how to build single-page application. If you if you search uh, some component loader, front-end build tool and stuff, which are related to a regular JavaScript project, which are you know, 95% of the web today, <laughs> there, is no, there is nothing. There, everything is a, hey, React, the Angular view. Single page, single page, single page. It's like small portion of the, what, what we are doing. And with, with this tool, you can work on WordPress if you like. It, it covers everything which is standard JavaScript multi-page application. Also, it can cover single-page application because single-page application are simpler than multi-page. But nobody cared about that. And now we covered <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole um, SPA debate, we're going back to, you know, multi-page, single-page, it's, yeah, the different, I think a different episode. Islands, okay, in a different concept, definitely, islands. No, um, I have, I have one, one keyword for you, Dragon. Yeah. I dreaded the word for all developers. It's called documentation. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how did, you, how did you guys approach documenting this? I mean, I... From which you said before that you like to dive into the source code to the jQuery and learn. Are you more of a, yeah. let's give some comments inline in the JavaScript <laughs> or actually write markdown files, create a folder, maybe even like deploy that, that markdown into a, a page or HTML somewhere. What's, what's your approach? Uh, 
depending on the project here, we have everything in, in the in the GitHub repo. So everything is in Markdown files. Even the internal documents which I created actually are just embedding those Markdown files from uh, from GitHub. So I didn't throw any page, although we have tens of pages regarding it, which is just embedding uh, something which is already public uh, on GitHub. So that's that's the way to to go if you want to uh, quickly without thinking uh, create something which is simpler. Uh, on, on some project, there is like great tool if you have JS docs to, to convert that to Markdown. That also works fine, but that's extremely technical. So if you want really to document every method and every part, it's more for not well, not for the tool like we have now. It's more for some library which which someone need, someone need to use and understand the API what the methods are there. For that purpose, definitely use uh, JS docs and convert them later to to Markdown. Mm, yeah. I, I, well, well, it's nice that, that 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 you're doing that uh, the documentation part, especially because for me, at the beginning when I started working also with with looking at open source projects and using or trying to to input to work with them, my biggest deter was the lack of documentation. I I remember just getting into a project, looking at the at the documentation, the readme file, and it said. Oh, just drop it here and it works. It's like, yes, basic case, it works. <laughs> but I want to to do this. How do I do this? Can I do that? And you don't you don't see that. And they and um I hate that it's expected for you to dive into the code to actually figure out which for those who love it, fantastic. But if I'm just a more of a casual user, I want to use the library, that will push me back into getting into into using it. And if we have a documentation, a, a well documented uh, process on how to use it. That I think it's a a, a great asset. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we tried to cover everything. The readme is so important, right? I mean, when you go to a GitHub and you see like a poor readme, you just okay, back next result. And when you see like a big fat readme with fact or discovering maybe functions or API there, it's like, oh yeah, I, I can use this. I mean, I know how to use it. Mm. But if it's, mm. it's poor, how? And yeah, we try to cover everything. So we have like one, uh, yeah, intro, intro page, and then we link to other pages how configuration works and how to extend all the parts. But it, it's subjective, is it, is it good or not? So someone needs to, to submit an issue if something is not clear. And for me, it's nice, but I'm not the one who should judge. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. It, it's, it's, it's something somewhat subjective. But now that the fact that you, you, that you worry about that, that you're just, even worried about having the documentation that I think it's it's goes a long way. Yeah, we need for, to have it in, not just for the public, but for internally because we are using it a lot. So we need to have documentation. I was looking into it actually today uh, because we in the project that I mean we we're using it and we wanted to extend something. And I started looking through the documentation and I found it strange that it said that uh, some of the links inside our wiki space were created based on markdown uh, files. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. I wondered why. Now I know why. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I know. So yeah, <laughs> maybe internally some links can be broken because I didn't want to duplicate the, the text from the readme oh, file and just embedded it. I mean, the links were I, I everything was navigatable. Maybe not that easy, as as easy, as, as easy, but it was there, so it's fine. Yeah, but on the GitHub, that's not the problem. The public, everything is there. Some source is there. Should be the source of the yeah. documentation. Yeah, we have, I don't know why we put all that in our Wikipedia. Just put a link and go there. And it, but yeah. okay, agreed, <laughs> agreed. So for the more like junior profiles who never like, uh, or maybe seniors, but they haven't never like open source or created a package. What are more or less high level steps to actually create a repo on GitHub 
and have it deployed or delivered to npm repository. How does that work? Well, first you need to understand Node.js just to how to create a package. If you skip that part, so you know JavaScript part or the functionality of your package, then the next part is uh, publishing all that to to npm. And wh what is helpful is that uh, GitHub with uh, its own GitHub Actions uh, can automate that. We already prepared uh, our template uh, where you can just uh, extend the template when you are creating the repo and you can get all the actions for creating and publishing the NPM package from that uh, template. I'm not sure if that's public, but that's also also something which should we should open source so anyone can actually. It's not it's not forking duplicating the code. It's a template system in GitHub and creating a repo that you get all the action and everything ready uh, just to put your JavaScript functionality. Uh, that's that may be the the most confusing part for people who don't know mm -hmm. if you have experience with npm how, how to publish how to version in and, and stuff like that how to publish change uh, and since, since that can be covered in, in ci and uh, inside the github itself you don't need to worry about it uh, even better if you're part of organization like an eccentric organization on github we already have our own token and, and system users who is doing that. So you don't even, you don't need to have a user for NPM at all to, to publish the package. So everything is covered. Nice. Okay, if so you want to go to do it, you can do it manually, of course, but that's like a lot of more work. Exactly. And for, for those non consent centric which, which don't have access to our template, which maybe we'll have in the future, I would just, you know, Google like action to create, to publish from uh, GitHub to, to NPM. And there's probably an action there, official action to, to do that. You configure it and, and you're done, right? Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what else, you guys? <laughs> well, I think that the, that one very important is that you've been through the journey of, of creating something uh, open source. You've been, you've gone through that. And, and as you just uh, shared with us, it took years to go from the initial yeah. idea <laughs> into actually having the fronted build published. And that is, that's, that's quite a journey. And I would like to ask you, what have you learned? What are the takeaways that you have from this entire experience? What things you would say, oh, this is what I learned. And maybe this would inspire other people to actually uh, do it themselves. Yeah. The, the main thing is uh, do not overthink it, don't do it. But nobody will judge you, we'll just get help. I mean, not, not, nobody will see it, open an issue. Hey, what is this? Like terrible. No, they will, they will uh, <laughs> help you, and they will invite something good there. So don't I worry. Don't worry about those stuff. Just just go for it. Uh, do not overthink it. That's the most part. I think that a lot of companies are holding back. Who knows what they have internally? What tools and what libraries never published, which can enrich our front and grow if they publish it they should not overthink it and we are on that step already we are not overthinking anymore so the quality and the functionality inside the code itself will improve through time don't worry about it i love that uh, we had a couple of uh, episodes ago talking about the imposter syndrome and i guess this would be one thing that will push you against it uh, against like saying i'm not good enough and i love that you have this philosophy it's like yeah just go for it it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge world. I mean, we are hard to notice. Everybody is publishing anything. So why, why, why waiting? And if you wait, that will be obsolete in, in, in a couple of years. Nobody will need it anymore. So either way, it's fine. Either way, it's fine. Cool. Uh, any like roadmap or any secret plans yeah. for the <laughs> for the front end build that we could share here with the listeners? 
Yes. Not like front and wheels. <laughs> so we, we tried during the, this this year, we tried different stuff, uh, how to replace that. But for example, we tried the S-Build. And uh, the, the outcome is that uh, everyone is, everybody is uh, like offering minimal configuration. But when you start implementing that in the project, you want to add this, you want to add that, you want to, and you, you have a bunch of other stuff. So we end up on the same thing which we have at NetBank. So we, we couldn't find any solution which can be simplified uh, comparing to what we have now. And since we know that in the future, all, all of that is going to be out of the game anyway, so we are not going in that direction. The only direction where we should go is uh, how to how to cover uh, out-of-the-box browser behavior with input export and, and, and models and everything. Uh, that's a big, good part of, of our build system because uh, even if you go no, no build system style, uh, you still need some, some small part. So you will always need some. And we need, we, that's our next step, how to create it for, for uh, Adobe delivery, for example, to cover, cover that part that you need, uh, that you don't have, you don't have build system uh, in the pipelines, but you need somehow to, to compile minimally all those mm. uh, browser models which are supported without uh, compiling ES6. We, we can we can reach the webpack, but we still need some other part of the LCS. Webpack, can we get rid of that or not yet? Not yet. I mean, tomorrow. Maybe, <laughs> depending on the project. For example, my project definitely we can do it. I'm because there is nothing special that Webpack is doing. We don't so have anything. I mean, anything? You don't uh, have anything it? that is... No, we don't have anything which the webpack add value. It's just uh, compi compiling something which can work as a source code. If you put a class export class file inside the model, inside the bot, it will work without anything. Or, or even we have we have a problem because we couldn't update to webpack five, so we, we couldn't even use some modern features which are supported inside wow. the browser. We couldn't use it like last year inside our bit. It's like. No, no way to go. So in my project, which since we are, we are supporting all the latest two versions of the browsers, uh, everything which you have inside source code can work in the browser without that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> any closing words for, <laughs> from you guys? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I must say that I'm very happy to have had you uh, on, on, on the episode. It's, it's very interesting stuff, and I hope that uh, the people are, that are listening uh, push themselves to, to contribute, not, all, not necessarily creating some yeah. open package, but uh, contributing to one. Yeah, just start, start using it for the personal project, for whatever other reason outside of the company because uh, it give us feedback. That's, I mean, starting using it is quite easy. It's just a package which will help you instead of spending uh, 10 days preparing a project, everything will be there for you out of the box and then give us feedback. How can we improve it? Or, or if something is not working as you expect. Nice. Or improve it yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Open a pull request, give extra feedback. Excellent. Then thank you so much, Dragon, for joining us today. And for welcome. the rest, we will link uh, the front and build in the description. Just check mm. it out. Uh, try it out with whatever. A spelled build, it will work. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> just open an issue, an issue for Dragon and he will fix it for you <laughs> in 30 minutes or less. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Thank you all. <laughs> See you in the next front and coffee break. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.